0: Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the All Things Dramastics podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Happy New Year, guys. This is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics, and today we're talking about all things college gymnastics because this past weekend was the return of college gymnastics, and a lot of amazing things happened. But before we get to that, we want to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Blake B., Elaine E., Rydog, Faith M., Kristen R., Lori S., and Sabrina M. Thank you all for supporting us each month at the highest tier level. Your monthly donation really does make a big difference. Difference, and it kind of makes the show what it is. So we really can't thank you enough, and just want to give you a big, big thank you. Now, I wasn't sure if I would actually get to say this this year, but let's recap the first weekend of College Gymnastics. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so we want to start by apologizing for not uploading an episode last week. Long story short, Brittany and I were recording the episode. We were almost done with it. We were, like, in the final stretch. Yeah, I think we had, like, five minutes left of editing. And then the program just shut down on us for no apparent reason, and we lost everything. So, lesson learned. Save as you go. Yeah, as you guys can (laughs) probably imagine, we were, like, super pissed after that, and we were like, screw it, we're not recording this again. Like We were were in horrible moods after that. Yeah, we're like, we're done. Because we spent, like, two hours recording. Mm -hmm. And, like, we were feeling good about it. Like, we were... And we were like, yeah, it's good. Like, this is, you know, good to go. We'll just hurry up and get this up. And then, yeah, everything was erased, basically. So really unfortunate. We were not happy with that. We decided to just give it a break, cool it, and be back this week. So here we are. (laughs) We've learned a lesson. We're going to save as we go this time, and hopefully this will never happen again. (laughs) But we wanted to real quickly start with a little update for you guys. Even though we didn't have an episode last week, we were still working hard and we actually launched some merch. So nobody asked for this. I just took it upon myself (laughs) because I was bored and I wanted to do something. And I thought it would be cool to not only have some shirts and things like that that had our podcast name on it, but also just some fun gymnastic shirts. So now I by no means claim to be a designer I don't really know what I'm doing I was just kind of having fun with it and I think it turned out okay yeah I was gonna say I really like the designs that you made like Thanks. I kind of put my input on some of them the one that I suggested like the idea that I brought to the table was eventually like deleted so because I'm we, just so much better than yeah you the, truly though the <laughs> designs kidding. that you came up with though were better than the one like I thought mine was like so cool I'm like this is it like <laughs> people are gonna love this and then once I saw yours I'm like okay no mine's garbage like let's <laughs> delete this we're not releasing this to the public, so, um, I think they turned out really good, and I think that you guys, even if you don't, like, have the means to buy one right now, or you, like, just don't, like, care about merch, like, you should still go check it out and just see, like, the work that Ashley put into it, because I thought they were kind of cool. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I spent a good day or two working on them and was just trying to think of some, like, clever stuff, so. There's some podcast merch on there, there's some shirts that say, like, College because is my favorite season, or, um... You and I came up with this one together, but it's, sorry, can't talk right now, I'm watching gymnastics. And it's kind of a play on the TikTok, the one that says, sorry, can't talk right now, doing hot girl shit. So it's kind of a play on that, but like, gymnastics related, I don't know, we thought it was funny. Sorry, guys, I just dropped my phone. That's what that noise was. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that there's something there for everyone. There's some that are like, Sticker designs, some of them come in like notepads or totes, Mm -hmm. cell phone cases. Yeah. Not every design comes in every type of thing, but every item, yeah. Yeah. They're limited. lemonade. Basically what you do is you just go on there and you click the design that you want and then it shows you what's available for that. So some of them are just t-shirts, some of them have other options to choose from. But let us know what you think and if there's anything that you want specifically done, um, let me know. I won't be offended if you want like little tweaks made to stuff. Like I said, I'm not an expert by any means. I just kind of did this randomly for fun. And I do think that the color selection is a little bit bland that might just be because Brittany and I like our stuff kind of basic like we just like We're boring like that yeah we just like Black, white, and gray stuff. So, but I also understand that other people might like color. So, I, I designed a lot of the designs with the fact that it was going to be on a black, gray, or white t shirt in mind. So, it didn't really look good when I tried to put them on different colors at that rate. So, I kind of just went plain, but it's also really easy for me to tweak them. So, if there's a particular design that you like and you want it to go on a different colored shirt, I can totally do that. I have the design saved and it's pretty quick and easy to change it. So, like truly, if there's something that you want, but it's not exactly how you want it just let me know because i will gladly fix it it's no big deal and i won't be offended so just let us know you can find the store on t public but probably the easiest way to do that is just going to our website which is allthingsgympod.com and then at the top of the website there's a little like link or tab that says store and then you click that and then that will take you there so let us know how you guys feel about the stuff and if you want to see anything different or if you have any issues with anything that you do go to order we also wanted to quickly give an update on Alaska gymnastics because they're kind of in the final stretch of their fundraising in order to save their program. So they were given a goal of eight hundred eighty-eight thousand that they had to raise by February fifteenth in order to save the gymnastics program, and it's coming up really quick. So they started yeah. doing this in October, and that seemed so far away, like this the date February fifteenth seemed so far away, but now it's coming up pretty quick. Yeah, and they've raised a lot of. Money in that time, we don't have an exact update. Yeah we asked them for an update but they didn't get back to us as of the time of this recording so not quite sure exactly like how much more they have to go but last I knew they still had raised a pretty significant amount of money Mm -hmm. in a short period of time which is really impressive and there's still some things that we can do to kind of come together and help them. There's all kinds of ways to donate. They have a GoFundMe page where you can just donate a small amount whatever you're comfortable with. They have pages where you can donate like bigger amounts if you're you know a business or someone that's really well off. they have, like, a contest going right now where you can submit a video, and it'll get, like, judged, almost like a virtual competition. And I think it's, like, $15 to enter the competition, and then that money, obviously, is going to go towards Alaska. And the latest thing that they're doing, which I personally am really excited about, is an auction. So there's all kinds of items that you can go and put a bid on. There's some other autograph stuff that is for other sports, because I think they're also trying to save the hockey and ski programs. Yeah. At- Alaska as well, but um, anything that's gymnastics related, and I'm pretty sure there's a little note on the description of each item, like it's going towards gymnastics, but obviously anything gymnastics related is going to go towards the gymnastics program. Yeah, well there's an initial, so like if there's a G next to the item, that means the proceeds would go to gymnastics, or if there's an H, then it would obviously go to hockey. Right. Right. But go check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes down below. They have autographed things from gymnasts like Maggie Nichols, Kyla Ross. There was a like autographed magazine with Jade Carey on it that also comes with a t-shirt. Yeah, that was a pretty good deal. I think, mm-hmm. Like to have both those things. Alaska is getting rid of a couple of their competition leos. It's one of their like really pretty, sparkly competition leos. Yeah, it's the one that they wore in their recent photo shoot, like the team photo shoot. Mm-hmm. But they said they put him through like a wash cycle and then they came out faded, which is really unfortunate because it's a beautiful leotard. Yeah. They have to get rid of. They said they could put it like in a shadow box or they could do like a signed you know poster that goes with it. So I think that's also a really great deal. Mm-hmm. And they have five of them. I don't know if you said that. No, not. No, I didn't say that, but they Um, did. Yeah, so there's five of those. We have beds on, well, I should say, we currently have an active bed on one of the items. We were out bed (laughs) on the other item. So we'll see. Maybe I'll kind of get like crazy because when I get like these bidding wards sometimes where like I want to like if I really want something, like I'll go hard for You're it. You're really competitive. Yeah, basically that's. So what, I'm what she's also trying to tell you right now is that she's not going to tell you what items <laughs> she bid on because she low key like she wants everyone to participate and like get what they want, but also she doesn't want you to outbid her. So. Right. <laughs> that's like such stupid logic though, because in all reality, like <laughs> you can go look and bid on whatever you want, like, even if it's my thing or not, like, you're all just gonna bid on what you want anyways. That's, that's what bidding's all about. The competitive part of me is like, no, I'm not gonna tell you what I'm bidding on. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, it's all in good fun, it's all for a good cause, that's Mm -hmm. really what it's about, and... Um, you know, even if we're in our item, you know, that's just is more money that they're raising for the program. Yeah. We also have our own separate donation that we're doing. You know, we mentioned before that we had our Patreon supporter money from the month of October that we're donating. We also matched that amount and we've just been raising money like on our own, on the side. Like harassing our relatives. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> We have a change jar. We've talked about that before. Doing, like, a bunch of just little things to raise money. Picking up bottles on the side of a road. which we live on a dirt road and people litter, so I don't know, like, where you all live. Yeah, we live on a road where people just throw their trash outside. Truly, it's it's a wooded road, and a lot of people, like, walk down there, especially in the summertime, not as much now, but, like, we went in October and did a round, and there was a lot of bottles and things, I think, from the summertime where people would walk down the road or they'd drive down the road and they'd throw their bottles out, which is really crappy, but people do it. And... In Michigan, at least. And there's some other states. I forget which ones, like, Mm -hmm. what states do it. But in Michigan, there's, like, a 10 cent um, bottle deposit that you get. So when you return your bottles, you get 10 cents back. And it really adds up. For every bottle. Yeah. I know that sounds like that's going to take forever. Like, that's pointless. But Brittany and I took our first round of bottles in about a month ago, I think now. And we got almost, like, $70 just from bottles. So. Hi, it's me and editing. I realized once we were editing this that I, I messed up what I was trying to say. It was like $30 in bottle returns and then we also had some change that we collected from people that would come over or just like my piggy bank that I had from like years ago that I had a bunch of change in. And we combined it all the change and we had $70 worth of change. So I just wanted to clarify because we were cracking up laughing, thinking about like us trying to gather like 700 bottles or whatever Yay. it would be for us to have $70 yeah. from just bottles. So I know, like we would have to take like how many vehicles to just <laughs> even bring all that to the place. So just wanted to make a little no. That's not exactly what I meant. <laughs> I just said that for some reason, but... I mean, you were close. We did get $70. It just wasn't from the bottles. Right. The bottles was like 20 to 30 and then it was 70 and change. If anyone out there can actually collect $70 for the bottles, let us know, because you deserve a massive prize. It really is, you know, a lot when you add it all up. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. But I think the auction is definitely something that's going to get the Jim I excited. And I it's a good way add, for them to get involved. I should add, too. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I should add, though, that January 24th is the last day for that. Mm-hmm. The auction. Okay. So it's so about two weeks that people have from, you know, the time this episode comes out. So if you're listening to it on Monday, you have about two weeks to, you know, put your bid in on an item. And... Yeah, just go and check it out, because there's a lot of cool stuff. And again, we'll have the link to that down in the show notes. So let's go ahead and get into some college gymnastics talk, because college gymnastics is back. Yeah, I know, it's so exciting! And it's crazy, because I truly didn't think we'd get to this point. Mm -hmm. Like, even last week, leading up to, like, knowing that, you know, Friday Night Heights was this weekend, and like... It just didn't feel real to me. Yeah. I woke up Friday morning with, like, that excited feeling in your stomach. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, you know when you're a little kid and you wake up on Christmas morning and you're, like, so excited because it's Christmas and it feels, like, magical? I I kid you not, I woke up Friday and I had that feeling in my stomach. I'm like, oh, college gymnastics is back. <laughs> it's just been so long. Mm-hmm. Me and you live for college gymnastics in the wintertime, because wintertime sucks. Life just doesn't feel the same in the wintertime, so I feel like we need something to keep us sane, and college gymnastics totally does that. Yeah, it gets us through that, like, downtime in the winter and into the spring, where it starts mm-hmm. to get nice out again, and then we can go outside. The seasonal and, you know, depression goes away. Yeah, like, we have sun and no snow, and, you know, life is just good again, but college gymnastics season definitely gets, you know, gets us through. Yeah, yeah. Friday, we had a lot of gymnastics. It felt like just a typical Friday night heights. There was several SEC meets going on. Brittany and I had multiple streams up at one time, so we didn't miss a bit of the action. And I would say LSU and Arkansas was probably the most intense meet. It was definitely a nail biter. Yeah, for because sure. Because for a hot second there, it kind of looked like there was going to be an upset. LSU ended up coming through in the end. They finished with a 196-550 to Arkansas's one nine six five zero but that was only a two tenth difference. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that Arkansas was underscored, LSU was overscored. So I don't know. I think that it was definitely a really close meet and it could have gone either way. And next week LSU is going to be at Arkansas, so they're going to get a chance to battle it out again, and hopefully Arkansas can come up with a win this time, because yeah. we were really rooting for them yesterday. I know. It's always fun when there's an upset, unless mm-hmm. it's your team. Like, when it's your team that's being beat, then it's not fun, but it's always fun to, like, root for the underdog, kind yeah, of. Yeah, and Arkansas, we've said this before, but they're, like, a good team on the rise, I feel like, and... Obviously, we're really big Jordan Weber fans. I love the coaching staff. She has Felicia Hano there, Chris Brooks, and they're just a really great team. And I feel like, you know, in the next couple of years, they're going to be just as good as all the other teams in the SEC in terms of like being in contention for the national title. So lots of exciting things happening with that program and a lot of exciting things happening at this meet. I personally was really impressed with Maggie O'Hara. She is a grad student who transferred from the University of Michigan, and she got her career high on bars in her very first meet with Arkansas, she got a nine, And I want to point out, she had a pretty significant hop on her landing, on her dismount, and it was definitely a 10th hop. So if she hadn't have done that, would she have gotten a ten? Yeah, maybe. Because think about it. She got a 9-9 and like this wasn't just like a little hop in place. She actually took a pretty significant hop forward and got a 9-9. So if she wouldn't have done that, I think the judges may have given her a ten, which is really exciting to think about. Well, yeah, beyond the dismount, the routine was pretty flawless. Maggie always does a great job of hitting her handstand. She finishes every pirouette right on top of the bar. Her body position on her double layout is great. Nice toe point. The thing that always kept Maggie from getting big scores at the University of Michigan is first of all big ten scoring. Let's let's be real here. That's mm. the main reason. But also the fact that she hardly ever stuck her dismount. I believe I'd only seen her stick her dismount twice. Mm-hmm. um, And I know one of the times was at Elevate the Stage last year, and she got a 9.875, and I think that was her career high up mm-hmm. until yesterday. And so yeah. we're glad to see that, you know, she's getting the scores that she deserves finally. Yeah. And she also did beam. She got a 9.7. When she had a little hiccup on the dismount, she did, like, a sidestep that was a pretty significant deduction, but still, I think a 9.7 is a very good score for having, you know, not really a good landing, and it's very you know telling of what she's capable of yeah well just similar to what I said to bars the composition of her routine is very nice and the flow that she has and I think that her routine that she did on Friday it was a good routine it was really just the dismount that was the problem so mm-hmm. I think that if you put in even like a smaller step or like a small hop like that routine would have been closer to the 9-9 range yeah. possibly even 9-9 with you know a step on the dismount mm-hmm. it was the fact that she was kind of crooked off to the side as you kind of went off the mat a little bit. Yeah. So it was a bigger deduction, but um, the routine itself was really nice. I also want to talk about Haley Bryan from LSU, her collegiate debut. She nailed it. Yeah. So Which we expected. Like, honestly, let's not play. We all expected her to be an amazing freshman. Mm -hmm. Some girls come in and you just know right off the bat that they're going to be, like, killer. She's (laughs) definitely one of them. (laughs) Well, she definitely came out of the gates really strong because she got a 999 vault, which she has a massive vault. It's a front handspring front pike with a half twist, and She just gets massive height on that fall. Like, I don't think I've seen anybody get that much height. It's insane. She also got a 9.85 on bars and then a 9.975 on floor. So huge scores in her collegiate debut. What were your thoughts on Kaya Johnson's 10 on floor? I know there's a (laughs) lot of talk on the gym tonight right now of whether she deserved it or not. I personally think that I just dropped my phone again for the second time. Sorry about that. (laughs) Anyways, I personally think that the 10 was a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been fine with a 995 for that routine because yeah. it was a great routine. She did have a little slide out of her first pass. I don't even know if I would call it a slide, but her it, it wasn't a controlled landing. So a controlled landing, your front foot would stay planted on the floor the second you land, and then you would just step back and you have control. She definitely had a little bit of bounce to her. And it's not to discredit her routine, because her routine was amazing and she's amazing, but it definitely wasn't a 10. Yeah, and I noticed that... You know, you just go to YouTube and you type in Kaya Johnson floor and you click any of her floor routines. She does tend to have a lot of power mm. majority of the time. Mm. Like, that slide back that we saw, that is pretty typical for a routine. Not all the time. I'm not saying that literally every single time. It's like that. But at least the routines that I've watched, like, I've seen her do that before. Where yeah. she covers it really well, but there is a slide of her foot. And, and, you know, in fast motion, maybe the judges don't see it. Maybe they do and they just wanted LSU to win. I mean, I think LSU was going to win regardless. Yeah, because, because she only she needed a 9825. Exactly. Exactly, I mean, and she was going to get it. So that's the thing where, yes, you know, I understand we all wanted an upset with Arkansas. Where we were, a lot of the gym jet was rooting for Arkansas, but LSU was going to win anyways because mm-hmm. that routine that Kaya did, even if she didn't get the ten, like that wasn't what the overscoring on that isn't what like made a break made made or break. Yeah, about, wow, how do you say that made or break? It didn't make or break the meet. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it, I yeah, but it just wasn't like English. Hello, um, yeah, that isn't what was gonna like make or break the meet for Arkansas. I mm. think it was just you know a matter of yes, there was some overscoring. Yes, there was some underscoring. Um, Sophia Carter on beam, she had a great routine and she only got a nine seven five. I read somewhere that she had a missed connection and mm-hmm. that's why she. That would make sense. She only started from a nine as opposed to a 10. Yeah. So it's like she's automatically having a 10th off of her routine because she has a lower start value. Yeah. That would make sense. I'm not sure what connection she missed. I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. but But I remember watching it live and thinking, like, this was white, great. Like a 975 a cow. How yeah. did you get that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if we went back and looked, we'll probably be able to see like where exactly that came from. Uh-huh. But Overall, uh-huh. though, I think it was a really good meet. It was exciting to have it be that close. I think first rotation, Arkansas was leading. LSU took it back the second rotation. And then, L- or, excuse me, Arkansas took it back the third rotation. And then LSU came out with a win in the end of the fourth rotation. And so. honestly, that's how you always want a meet to be. Like, truly, that's what I love about college gymnastics is... Unlike with elite gymnastics and with, like, Simone Biles, her dominating, like, you always come to expect it, but with college gymnastics, like, you really just don't know. Like, there is a chance for upset, and because everybody starts from a 10, for the most part, the scores really just depend on, like, that meet, it depends on what arena you're in, it depends on what team you're going up against, there's so many factors to it, but really there can be an upset any me. And that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah. And like I already said, LSU and Arkansas are going to be going up against each other again next week. So LSU is going to be going to Arkansas. So we'll see how things pan out that time. But definitely going to be exciting. And I think that You know, this is going to be a good season for Arkansas. They look better than they have, you know, in years past, even than they were last season. So a lot more talent on the team. And I think that, you know, it's going to be a really good season for them. And I think this meet was just a little hint of what's going to be coming for them. Mm -hmm. And with LSU, I think... Just like we're going to see from a lot of teams with the way, you know, they were able to train over the summer or lack of training that they were able to have because of the coronavirus, a lot of these teams are going to have a slower start to their seasons. And I think we saw that a little bit with LSU. They definitely weren't as sharp as you would expect them to be. They weren't as on as we would expect them to be. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, I almost do expect it. Like, I don't expect any team to come out the gates and be, like, nailing their teens and be, like, postseason ready, other than maybe yeah. Oklahoma. <laughs> but- to be honest with you, I think LSU did a little bit better than I thought they were going to do. Like you said, of course, it was a little bit of a slow start, and it's not their best meet. Like, they can definitely be better than that. But I don't know. I think I always, with any team, I go into the start of the season with low expectations, and I will say they exceeded my expectations a little bit. So that's a good thing. I also want to talk about Florida and Auburn. Florida had a really big score, which you know, for the first meet of the season, they got a one nine seven five, which that's like I said, first meet of the season on the road. That's a really really strong score. So I was really impressed with them the whole meet. They had a little bit of a rough rotation on bars, some issues did. with landings, you know, yeah. on the dismount, but. Otherwise, it was a pretty solid meet, and I was really impressed with them. Yeah, I remember watching um, bars, you know, they started off, and I was seeing basically every single girl having a problem of some sort on, you know, her dismount, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking, like, oh, great, it's going to be one of those meets for Florida, but they really did turn it around. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, speaking of tens... Trinity Thomas totally deserved a 10-on ball. That was probably the best ball I've seen her do in competition. Yeah. It was funny, too, because I saw somebody tweet, can today be the day that Trinity sticks her ball? And then she did it. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're manifesting. Like, come on, it works. I swear. <laughs> but she just had a really impressive meet. She opened with a 39.75 for an all-around score. And... Really was just her typical amazing self, which is great to see right off the bat. I was also really, you know, excited to see Leah Clapper doing more than just beam. That's, yeah. She's kind of been known for just doing beam at Florida, but she was in the anchor position on bars and then she also did floor. So I don't think anyone was expecting that, but it was a nice surprise in the lineup. And I think, you know, having Leah be the anchor on bars. I don't know if that'll stick. Knowing Florida, it probably will, because Florida loves to score boost. Mm-hmm. No shade to them, but, you know, they're kind of known for doing that, where they put somebody in their anchor position who's not necessarily, like, anchor material. Like, and Savannah Shane here should actually really be the anchor. Or Trinity Thomas. Or Trinity Thomas, right. Yeah, they have, like, so many girls, because, honestly, Megan Skagg should be later in the lineup, too, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have so many good girls, that's kind of the problem they run into. Right. But... You know, Leah Clapper, in my opinion, would kind of be more of like a leadoff mm-hmm. on bars. And, you know, Florida puts her in the anchor position. So that'll be interesting to see I mean, she did what score, they do with she that. She did score a nine eight seven five, and honestly, was probably the best routine of the entire rotation. So looking forward to seeing, you know, how she can build as the season goes on, and if she's actually going to stay in the lineup. Somebody else that I really, you know, was hoping to see was Jasmine mm-hmm. Um We have her on our fantasy team, and I was hoping that between one of the events, she'd be in at least one of them, maybe next meet, maybe sometime this season. I'll keep my fingers crossed, um, because she's a senior, and I really want to see her, you know, get her chance to shine. She hasn't really competed a whole lot, which is really weird, because I know she's dealt with injuries and stuff, and that's not necessarily in her control, but, like, I just imagined her coming into college and being, like, this huge contributor and she just hasn't got a whole lot of action at Florida. So yeah. I I really do want to see her go out strong her senior year. And you know, even if it's not, you know, consistently in an event, just throughout the season on different events as needed. Like I just want to see her competing again. So Hopefully all is well with her, and hopefully she'll be back on the lineup soon. Somebody that I was really impressed with, and I think a lot of gymnastics fans were impressed with, was freshman Ali Lazari. Mm-hmm. So she had a phenomenal beam routine. We know that beam was her best event, so we kind of expected this coming into the season, but girlfriend got a 995 and like that's amazing for a freshman to come out the gate and score that well on beam it's actually the highest score from a freshman in their debut as a gator huh that's actually really impressive because when you think about how many incredible gymnasts florida has had like bridget salone and like they've had so many amazing girls on that team over the years so that's actually like really impressive and ali lazari is just like totally cementing herself as possibly one of the greatest of all time on beam for yeah definitely has some tens in her future, I'd say. So we actually didn't get to watch the last last rotation and then a little bit of the third rotation because we ended up switching because we were out of devices. <laughs> we wanted to watch Kentucky at Alabama. So we ended up having to go back and just watch some like individual routines on YouTube. But we did miss the last half of the meet basically live because we tuned into Alabama and Kentucky, which Bama looked really good. I was really impressed with them. They did have some falls, but nothing that they couldn't drop. And Which is impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they actually came out with a 19685, which was eight tenths higher than their first meet of the season last year. So no, they were pretty much on par with what they were doing last year, which I think, you know, coming out the gates first meet of the season, that's a really good sign. Somebody that I was really, really impressed with was sophomore Maddie Walagora. Mm-hmm. So we have her on our fantasy team, and I think she was a great catch for us. Yeah. I knew that she was good on bars, and I expected her to be in Bama's bar lineup, but she also did a great one and a half on vol. That was a big surprise. I don't think either you or me were expecting that. I think, now that I'm like actually like processing it, I do remember seeing videos of her in preseason training a one and a half i'm pretty sure and i just it didn't like register in my brain until i saw it and then i was like oh wait i do think i kind of remember seeing that but mm-hmm. either way it was still a surprise for me because I, I i truly well, also wasn't expecting it first meet of the season like a lot of people don't come out with full difficulty the first meet so like even if she had the one and a half like i, I wouldn't have been expecting it the very first meet yeah and on beam she got a 9925 in her debut on Dang. Nine, so yeah that's yeah. really good And I also think that she has potential to go on Floor as well. Truly, I thought that if we were going to see her at another event, it was going to be Floor, Mm -hmm. you know, aside from bars. So to see her do as well as as she did on Beam was so great to see. Mm -hmm. I also want to talk about Griffin James, who competed her first Floor routine basically in a year since she tore her Achilles and It was really emotional, I think, definitely for her and her teammates, because she started crying after, and all the girls gathered around her, and they were all crying, and she actually, I shouldn't be laughing at this, because it's not really funny, but she actually got a tenth deduction because she didn't salute the judge after her routine, which, I mean, I get it. Like, it's the rule, and, like, it's the judges doing their job. Like, we always bitch about the judges not doing their job, so I guess we can't really be mad that they took the tenth off. But also, it was kind of, like, shitty, because, like... It's like a slap in the face. Yeah, it's like she had a really good routine, and, like, she just looked so, like emotional and happy after she was done, and the whole team was just in tears, and then they're and it like... it was, like, a beautiful moment that was... 9-9! Yay! Celebrate it! But then also, like, you didn't salute, so, like, fuck you, here's a 10th deduction. <laughs> like, that I was kind of crappy, but it was a nice moment to see. I always love seeing athletes return after injury, and then, you know, go back out and have an amazing routine, especially on an event where they got injured. Yeah. So, I liked seeing that. That was probably one of the highlights for me. Also... Where was Luisa Blanco? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, she did did vault. The way you said that made it sound like she wasn't there. (laughs) She was there, but not in the capacity that I expected her to be. Right. She's been looking amazing in the Mm preseason videos that we've seen on Instagram. Well, she's been all over their Instagram, like, on all four events. So I was expecting her to be, like an all-arounder, which, okay, maybe we're being a bit dramatic, like, it is the first meet of the season, like, maybe, maybe she was, like, like, take a seat. Maybe she wasn't feeling good or something, because, yeah, obviously she's not injured because she did vault, but obviously there's other things that could be going on as well, so I'm hoping that she'll be back, because she really was, like, amazing looking in the training videos that we've seen mm-hmm. on all four events, and you and I were both really looking forward to the possibility of her doing all around the season because she'd done bars once last year but it was like a bad routine so I think there's lots of potential there for her to be an all around star and yeah we're really just looking for her to kind of like pull it all together Mm -hmm. and kind of have that like complete performance on all four events that we know she's capable of putting out yeah so keeping our fingers crossed that everything's okay and that hopefully she'll be back you know next weekend and hopefully doing all four events Another highlight of the meet for me was seeing Josie Anginese. She's a junior from Kentucky, and she had a beautiful beam routine that really caught my eye. You know, she scored a nine nine on that. She also won bars with a nine nine, and she won the all around for the first time in her career. That's so, so cool. Yeah, she's an amazing athlete. Someone that I think you know, a lot of people, you know, I don't watch Kentucky a whole lot, so maybe it's just me. I I shouldn't say a lot of people, like, don't pay attention to Kentucky. Maybe it's just me. Mm-hmm. But... Um, well, they're definitely, you know, when you look at the SEC conference, they're not one of the very top teams. Yeah. Like, I think we can all agree on totally that. They're totally a team that, you know, was underrated a little bit, so you know, I had, I'm sure I'd seen Josie Angini before, but yesterday really watching her on beam, I was like, huh, like, she's really good. That was the first time you actually, like, processed her gymnastics. Yes. I truly don't watch Kentucky that mm-hmm. much though, and that's yeah. like no shade towards them. I just um, I think usually unless they're in a meet like against the team that I'm watching, so like Florida, LSU, like one of the bigger teams, mm-hmm. they usually get like overruled by you know the other teams that I'm watching. Because usually when you know Friday Night Heights, there's like ten thousand things going on normally, so right. you really gotta pick and choose who you're watching. And Kentucky is one of those teams that I think is on the rise, just like Arkansas is. They happen for a while, and definitely one of those teams that I think I need to tune into more mm-hmm. because they have a lot of potential. They were another one, kind of like with Arkansas and LSU, where there was a period there where it looked like they were possibly going to upset and win the meet, and they had a really bad beam rotation, so that kind of took them out of it, and they ended up finishing like, I think, a full point behind Alabama. But, you know, once they get out the first meet jitters, and they get some confidence going... A lot of potential there, I think, and I think for Josie, having a win in her first meet of the season, you know, to get that win and have it be her first all-around win ever in her career, I think that's awesome and it's going to do a lot for her confidence, so. And that says a lot, too, about Kentucky and kind of their mindset going into this meet. You know, regardless of everything that happened this year or last year, well, both years <laughs> with COVID, and also with the loss of Molly Korth from last season, like, mm-hmm. she was their main all-around gymnast, their star, and to lose her, but then still be able to, at the first meet of the season, pick up right where they left off and have somebody who's a clearly all-around contender in Josie Angini going against Bama, where they have so many phenomenal gymnasts and phenomenal all-around potential there. So to see, you know, somebody from Kentucky take the all-around title in that meet, as well as a bar title, you love to see it. Let's wrap up our discussion of Friday's meets with Georgia versus Missouri. I think the highlight for me, as well as probably a lot of other people, was Vittoria Wynn and her collegiate debut doing all around, which I think... A lot of people didn't really expect because we haven't seen her compete in a really long time. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw her was back when she was an elite gymnast, and that was in like 2017, I think. So it's been a while since we've seen her compete, but she looked phenomenal and she got a 995 on bars, 985 on beam and floor, and she also vaulted, which I really wasn't expecting. So mm-hmm. yeah, really, really impressed with her. And I will say, I love her beam. She does an Anodi. To side aerial combination, which is really unique. Yeah, like has anyone ever done that before? Not that I've seen. So that kind of makes her stand out, not just in Georgia's lineups, but like in the whole you know nation for college gymnastics. Like you don't see that. So, and I don't think I've ever seen it. So no. very very unique and really sets her apart. So I thought that was really cool. I definitely think she's going to be a superstar for Georgia. Mm-hmm. And you know, like a lot of teams in the nation right now. The senior class from last year for all of the top teams was huge, and so a lot of teams are looking to kind of fill in a spot for, like, their all-around star, you know, Mm -hmm. with Maggie Nichols, Kyla Ross, Sabrina Vega... I mentioned Molly Korth before, you know, I think that each school is kind of looking to kind of fill a gap of like a really big all-around mm-hmm. or three-event athlete. And I feel like having someone like Victoria Wen do as well as she did in her freshman debut, it just speaks volumes for not only like the quality of her gymnastics, and we knew she was capable of, you know, having phenomenal routines across the board. I mean, she was a chow's athlete, mm-hmm. and you know, we knew that she was phenomenal, but you just never know how a freshman's going to handle the pressure. And I'm really glad to see her back out there doing as well as she did. And I think that she's going to be huge for Georgia in the Mm -hmm. coming years. I was also really impressed with Michaela Mm McGee. We've had her on our fantasy team a couple times and we snagged her again this year. And I want to say that... Friday's meet was like the best meet as a whole that she's had I know her vault was a career high she got a 9925 yeah nailed the crap out of the landing that was by far the best one I've seen her do in competition because that was where she struggled last year her vault has always been really clean she has really good form but the landings just weren't what they needed to be to get the really big scores but yeah she nailed the crap out of that vault Somebody else that I was really excited to see over the weekend was Alyssa Perez-Lugones on balance beam. Mm-hmm. So she obviously made her beam debut. We'd only seen her previously on floor. And she had a really nice set. I only scored a 9 eight, but there's so much potential there in that routine. And I love that she does a front tuck mount. She's one of the few people in the NCAA to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she, I, I really just think that she did an amazing job. She looked confident out there. And I'm excited to hopefully see her to continue to stay in that beam lineup. But overall, I think that Georgia is another one of those teams that looked really strong. Mm -hmm. You know, Georgia's been one of those teams the last several years that I feel like they don't always come out the gate super strong. Like, they're one of those teams that kind of has to build as the season progresses, and they tend to get a little bit better and better as the weeks go on. Mm -hmm. But they had a pretty good showing uh, over the weekend, and I really was surprised about that. Yeah, I was impressed with them overall. I think that, you know, for the first meet of the season... They were pretty solid, and I think that there's, of course, little areas they can improve upon, but, you know, it looks promising for the rest of the season. And I think Missouri, you know, they have lots of areas to improve as well. I think they were really feeling the loss of Helen Huw. Obviously, she's their big all-around star. And And then Alyssa Shermenta, she Mm -hmm. was out with some sort of, like, COVID-related. They didn't specify whether she had COVID or maybe she was, like, around somebody, so she had, like, an exposure. Yeah, We're not really quite sure on the specifics, at least at this time we're not. But, yeah, I think it was interesting that the whole team was competing. I know there were some concerns with, you know, if she had something COVID-related, you know, like, was anybody else supposed to be quarantined? Like, you just just hope that these teams are doing the right things. Well, speaking of COVID, how do you think, you know, the SEC teams did in terms of, you know, the mask wearing and being safe and all the COVID precautions that they're supposed to be taking? I was, you know, okay with how everything went. I was pleasantly surprised with LSU. They did much better on Friday than they did at their gym 101 meet. So that was was night and day, which is not... Bad thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a bad thing that it was as bad as it was before, but I'm glad to see that they seem to be taking the concerns that everybody in the gym tonight was raising, you know, pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. Serious enough to at least make some changes because everybody was wearing masks. Um, majority of the time. Arkansas did, like, a beautiful job. Like, Jordan Weber, I'm assuming, unless there's somebody else that's (laughs) taken over this, but I'm assuming it's their head coach who is really taking this seriously. And you can tell that the athletes are taking it seriously as well because they had girls that were wearing masks literally up until, like, moments before they competed. And the only thing I will say is that they were throwing their masks on the ground, which I was kind of, like, and it's kind of gross, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, and everyone's, like, stepping all over the floor, obviously. Yeah, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but, um, you know, as soon as they finished their routine, they would put their mask on right away before they went up to their teammates. Yeah. I think they were doing, like, a, a high five with the back of the hands. Um, at one point, I think after the second rotation, they were doing, like, a tunnel where they all had their hands up, and they were, like, doing, like, this. Uh, what do you call this The spirit fingers. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know, I know going, what you're talking about. Yeah. They're doing that, like the wu pig thing. Yeah. And um, just finding different ways to celebrate with your team after a good routine. They were the only team in the SEC that I saw that was... Taking their masks off, you know, right before they competed and putting them right back on before coming in contact with anybody else. And I will say Alabama, they were not high-fiving after their routines. They were doing, like, it almost looked like they were, like, flashing. Like, you know how when they go, 10, 10, 10, they ten, they're like, flashing their fingers. They were almost doing that. Like air high-fives. Yeah, after every routine. So I appreciated that. But overall, I would say I would agree that... The SEC conference did a better job than maybe I would have expected some of the teams to do, especially LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, but really across the board, you know, nobody was perfect. You know, you could always nitpick and, you know, find athletes in the background that are not wearing a mask when they probably should be. and Or not wearing a mask properly. Yeah. Or, you you know, know, pulling it down to cheer for people. Like, unfortunately, we're going to see those kind of things because nobody's perfect. And... We have to remember that these athletes, they are in the public eye, and they are scrutinized in a way that you or I would not be scrutinized, mm-hmm. you know, which is being out, you know, going into Walmart, going into the grocery store, like, it's it, you, you the can't average be perfect. Per- yeah, the average person is not going to be scrutinized the way any athlete is, or any high-profile person, so just keep that in mind, you know, it, you can't expect people to be perfect or all of the time. Mm. You know, people are going to make mistakes. People are going to forget things. Um, mm. People are not, just... People are not going to realize things. And yeah. we're not trying to make excuses for people. I, we just, you know, we understand that things happen. So I think I was just impressed with how LSU improved from the Gym 101 exhibition. Yeah. And just overall, the SEC conference as a whole, um, I didn't really see too many issues with the masks. And I kind of low-key was expecting to. Yeah. So there, there will always be... Little things here and there. Um, As long as we're not seeing what we saw during LSU's Gym 101, Mm -hmm. then I'm fine. You know, I'm fine with people wearing their masks and social distancing. And that's the only way we're going to have a season. Yeah. Doing better than what we've seen previously. And I do feel like this was a step in the right direction. And hopefully it continues to even improve from here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're still hearing a lot about athletes getting COVID, You know, Michaela Skinner recently we heard is out with complications. It's pneumonia, but her husband got COVID and, you know, from being around him, she never really said for sure if she actually had COVID, but I'm assuming if he did and then she came down with pneumonia, I'm assuming that she had some kind of complications from that. And yeah, it's just, it's affecting a lot of people and cases are just going up around the country. Yeah. Which so, is very concerning, and I know a lot of people feel like there shouldn't even be a season, and they're right, you know? They're really, when the hospitals are at capacity, should we really be having teams traveling to, you know, really compete against bad. each other. In really bad areas, even. Yeah. So, there's definitely it's still risky. concerns, but um, I guess now we're kind of going off on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I do think that, was it perfect? No. Was it better than I expected? Yes. Will it hopefully get better in the future? Maybe. I'm hopeful. Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. So moving on to the only meet that happened on Saturday. That was the Best of Utah meet featuring Utah, BYU, Southern Utah and Utah State. For the second year in a row, the Utah Utes brought home that title as expected. And there was a lot of great gymnastics that happened on Saturday. I know a lot of gymnastics fans that were watching were kind of annoyed with the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the commentators were socially distanced. They were six feet apart, but they weren't wearing masks, which I was kind of surprised to see because, you know, the athletes are expected to have masks on when they're not competing. I would be under the assumption that everyone in the arena would have to be wearing masks. You would think. Yeah. So that was a little bit surprising and frustrating to see. Um, I will say that the BYU TV broadcast is usually really good quality. Like, the meet itself is very pleasant to watch. The commentators themselves are yeah. really good. Yeah, the, f- the female commentator, I don't know who it is, but she's really informative. Like she, You can tell she really knows what she's talking about. Yeah, was, she's really knowledgeable about the code, the mm-hmm. skills. She does a nice job of explaining what's going on. And also, she doesn't use a whole lot of, like, cliches that you're so used to hearing, like, week in, week out. Mm-hmm. And I know with college gymnastics, it can be really hard. I mean, you could probably <laughs> testify to this with your experience with commentating. It can be hard to find different, new and exciting ways to word... The same thing over and over again. I liked her analogy for Adele Chaps. She said that if a Jaeger and a Ginger were to get married you know, the Delchev would be the baby, and I thought that was really funny, because when you really think about it, that's kind of what a Delchev is. Yeah, she has a way of explaining things that makes sense to somebody that doesn't necessarily know a whole lot about the sport, which I think is really great, and that's kind of the commentator's job. So I I, I really do think that she does an amazing job with the commentary, and, you know, the male commentator as well, he also seems knowledgeable, so I think they're a good duo. We've watched a couple BYU meets before, and, you know, personally liked their commentary. So um, that was nice to see. Although I think a lot of people were definitely a little bit fixated on, you know, not wearing masks. And, you know, as they should be, I think that in this time, you know, we all want to do everything we can to keep the athletes safe and keep everyone safe. And they also kept mentioning on the feed, like just COVID and what's happening and how long everyone's been out and making it seem as if it's not a good idea that they should be competing. Yeah, they were kind of talking about COVID, like, super casually, Mm -hmm. which was just kind of weird. And then with them not wearing masks, like, all that combined, it was kind of a little off-putting, I guess. Yeah. But overall... It was a good me, you know, aside from the the commentators not wearing masks and, you know, gymnasts on the sidelines not doing everything that they could be doing. Um, There was a lot of fun and interesting choreography on floor across the board for all the teams. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of routines that were just different that kind of caught your eye. I really enjoyed that. Um, I liked Jaden Rucker's routine from Utah. I thought she had really great musicality. Yeah. Well, the whole Utah squad had great Mm -hmm. musicality, but really across the board. Like, I was really impressed overall. I know that you know Utah started on bars, and again, it's kind of hard to fully comment on. I guess how the team did overall because you really saw so few routines mm-hmm. from each of the teams. Like you really only saw maybe like three or four, even if you were lucky. Um, not even I would say you probably saw about three routines each rotation from each team. So yeah, um, you know, not really a whole lot to base this off of. But Utah did start off. Decent on bars. We saw some routines that had some low scores by Miley O'Keefe and Crystal Isa. Particular looked great on that event. Mm-hmm. I thought Miley's score was a little bit low. I was kind of thinking it was going to go like nine nine range, and then it went like nine seven seven five. I yeah. think so. Unless there was something that I missed. <laughs> I think there may have been. I saw people on Twitter talking about like by the time the broadcast because didn't it clip into her routine like when she was already on the bars. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it did. Um, that or we just like totally missed it. But I saw other people kind of speculating like why her score was so low. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that we didn't fully see everything, or that or we didn't process it. Yeah. But um, and then same with beam. Utah started off kind of shaky on beam with their first two performers, but the last four were phenomenal. And Miley O'Keefe and Abby Olson both went up had beautiful routines and went nine nine two five back to back, which is really mm-hmm. great to see. And it really the final four on that event really capped off what ended up being a phenomenal rotation for them. Mm-hmm. From Utah State, Michaela Meyer, She had a huge stock, your chenco full that really stood out to me. Almost scored a 9.825, which I kind of felt was a little bit low. Yeah. Um, considering that she had great height in the air, great open body position. Um, her legs were glued together. She stuck the landing. Yeah. Um, I believe she had a little bit of flexed feet in the air. I do recall seeing that. And I... Don't think she pulled her ankles together or her feet together when she landed, which technically is a deduction. I feel like judges don't always take for that, but yeah, she did land with her feet apart and saluted and turned, and she didn't actually pull her legs together. So that could have been something they took as well. But I mean, 9825, I'm not saying necessarily that that's an underscore, but I feel like compared to other teams that you'll see, you know, this season, if somebody from LSU or Oklahoma had done that vault, You know, I think maybe it would have scored a little bit higher, so... I remember watching that and just saying... I literally said out loud, like, wow. Like, I was really impressed by her vault, so... I think it could have gone a little bit higher, Something else that really stood out to me was Abby Miner Alder for BYU. She got a 9-9 on floor. She opens with a huge double layout, as does her sister, Sadie Mm -hmm. Miner. They are both great on that event. And BYU in general was pretty lights out, I would say, at least in terms of like the first meet of the season goes. Mm -hmm. Um, They were amazing on floor. They went 49-275. Which is great. And BYU finished, I think it was 17th overall last year, if I'm not mistaken, as a team. So definitely a team that's on the rise, and I expect to see them to really grow on that this year. This was a great meet for them to start out with. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Jaden Merker on floor. It was so great to see her finally make her debut. I know that was very highly anticipated by a lot of gymnastics fans. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I love her on floor. She has a huge half in, half out, which is you know sky high. And then I also mentioned the choreography before. Great musicality, really fun routine. And definitely, I think, someone that... It's just going to get stronger and stronger as the season goes on. And same with Lucy Stanhope. I know Mm -hmm. she was someone that we were really excited to see after talking with Tom Farden a few weeks ago. She only did vault and floor, but I definitely think that she has the potential to be an all-arounder, hopefully at some point this season, Mm -hmm. if not, then in the future, because she really is so great on each of the events. And she has a lot of cool skills, too. Like She has a pack full on bars You know, full twisting, backhand spring on beam, just stuff you don't really see a whole lot in college gymnastics. So a lot of cool stuff and definitely hoping to see her, you know, some point on those events throughout the season. Or at the very least to see an upgraded vault. She only did the full over the weekend. We know that she's capable of doing a one and a half. We've seen that in preseason training. So Definitely think that, you know, that's a vault they're going to look to add to their lineup mm-hmm. as season goes on, to have more 10-0 start value. But they also have Kami Hall, who did a one and a half, and she stuck the landing, got a 9-9, big vault for Utah. She looked super happy in the competition when she nailed it, so that's going to bode well for them too, I think. I think overall, as a team, Utah looks really strong, and they showed that on Saturday, my only concern is just a little bit of depth, you know, only having a roster of thirteen. You know, a lot of teams have a lot more to work with. So if there's an injury, which fingers crossed there won't be, or even just anything COVID related, they don't really have a whole lot to work with, which can be a little bit concerning, but you know, they do have lots of talent on their team this year. Um, you know, Miley did the all around, which is really exciting and Yeah, she looked great over mm-hmm, the weekend. She looks phenomenal. And I love the fact that she had her mask in her bra. (laughs) So she vaults, and then as she's walking back, before she even gets to any of her teammates, she reaches in her leotard and she pulls out her mask, which some people might think that's gross because of, like, boob sweat. But also... You know, it can't be any better or worse than setting your mask on the ground or having a teammate hold it for you. So, you know, she's working with what she's got. I thought it was funny. Honestly, I think that was probably the highlight of the meet for me. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Something else that kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it was funny because it's never funny when someone falls, but, um, a freshman from Southern Utah, her name is Haley Valtijo, 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 I don't quite know how to say her name, but, um... She had a great beam set going. She had a lot of difficulty that was really impressive to me. So she did a front aerial to a back tuck straight to her knee, kind of reminiscent of Yana Beaker. Yeah. And she had a triple series. She did a wolf turn. So she had, like, this phenomenal beam set going. A lot of variety and scales that you don't really see in college gymnastics a whole lot. Yeah. But then she got up and did a cartwheel and fell on a cartwheel. And again, it's not <laughs> funny like to see someone fall, but it was just funny. It's just ironic. Irony, like yeah. of her doing probably the most difficult beam set in the entire competition and then falling on a cartwheel. On a cartwheel of all things, yeah. And Southern Utah had a really rough beam rotation. So that was the third fall for the team. So they unfortunately had to count two falls. And it was an unfortunate end to their night. But again, it's the start of the season. A lot of teams are just kind of, you know, getting in the swing of things as they should be. We don't expect anyone to be perfect this time of the season. So it's um, only up from here. It is. And then real quickly, we should probably touch on the Oklahoma meet versus Arizona. The biggest thing that's frustrating, which the whole gym tonight is with us on this one, is how hard it is to watch an Oklahoma meet. And it's ridiculous with how amazing they are. They are a top program national championship winning team. Ranked number two in the nation. Yeah, and their meets every single year are almost impossible to watch. We ended up watching the meet because former Oklahoma gymnast Natalie Brown came to everyone's rescue and she found a friend who had access to Fox Sports Oklahoma or whatever the channel is that you know, no one has access to it because it's a regional channel. Yeah, it's Fox Sports Oklahoma and then Fox Sports Arizona also apparently had it. So mm-hmm. you basically have to live in Oklahoma or Arizona to watch their meets. It's, it's stupid because it's extremely limited. But she ended up finding somebody who had access to it and then she pulled it up on her TV and then went on Instagram Live and... Which we so appreciate. Several people in the gym internet were able to watch it that way. So yes, definitely do appreciate that. So shout out to her. And you know if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have been able to watch it. So we weren't originally really planning to watch the meet because we didn't think we were going to have access to it. So it was nice to be able to watch it. You know, Oklahoma being a top team, we really want to see what they're doing, especially the first meet of the season. It's our first look at them, so... I was glad that we were able to watch it and, overall, impressed with what I saw. I think that, you know, after the first week, granted, not all the teams competed, but out of the teams that did compete, I think Oklahoma is definitely the best looking team at this point in time. Not really a whole lot Ron. I mean, of course, like, little things here and there, but like, this is a solid team on every event. So much talent, so much potential, and even the freshmen coming in. Yeah. There was a few routines that were kind of surprising to me to see in the lineups. At least I wasn't expecting it, you know, based off of our season preview that we did with Oklahoma. You know, seeing Audrey Lynn vaulting. I don't really think I was anticipating that. Um, Seeing... Carly Woodard in the floor lineup. Just little things like that that I was kind of like, huh, Jordan Draper on bars. I mean, we had seen her training that in preseason, but I didn't really think with their depth that we were going to actually see her in. Oklahoma is one of those teams that is kind of starting to get a reputation for having gymnasts that do, like, one, maybe two events, and then... As they get older and they become upperclassmen, they pull out more events. So I don't know if that's, like, on purpose, if that's a strategy that they have. But, I mean, it seems to be working. And, yeah, I was really, really pleased with how everyone looked. And, you know, we were talking about freshmen Audrey Davis really stood out to me, which I think we we kind of expected that. She's a beautiful beam worker and a beautiful bar worker, and she did phenomenal on those two events. And she also did vault, which mm-hmm. she's another person that I didn't necessarily think was going to be in the vault lineup right away. Oh, I don't think I was tuned in at that point. She was the very first. It was like right when the stream started. Okay. She so, was the very first person. So I out. missed that routine. But okay, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's good then. I did not expect her to do vault at all, so... Yeah, I think Oklahoma, you know, unlike Utah, they have so much to choose from, especially with their huge incoming freshman class. So it's going to be an exciting season for them, I think. Yeah. Right now, they are without Olivia Troutman, which is super unfortunate. She was out majority of last season with some sort of heel injury, and it appears as though she's having that same problem again this season. Hopefully, we'll have her back by midseason slash postseason. That would be the goal. But um, that is kind of a big blow for this team, considering that they were already, you know, without Maggie Nichols, Jay Dugavei, that yeah. phenomenal senior class. And then to also have Olivia Troutman not return in the capacity they were expecting her to. Um, It's It's going to be tough. It definitely doesn't help. I mean, I don't think that, like, it's a complete loss because they do have, like, so many girls. And, like you said, like, the newer faces in the lineup. Catherine Levasser is another gymnast we expected to do. Phenomenal. And she was. Mm -hmm. So they do have, you know, backup on all of the events. But it does suck a little bit to not have one of your top gymnasts competing and being healthy especially when it's an injury that they had last season that you know she was on everything but floor but that's her strongest event and it, you know it would just boost them that much more to have her back so it does stink a little bit I'm sure they're definitely going to be itching to get her back on the lineups as soon as they can but also not a complete loss for this team I think how did you feel about Reagan Smith I think she did what we expected her to do. Um, You know, vault is maybe the one event where she's a little bit weaker and she didn't do vault. So, um, you know, she did her typical events, but, you know, looked uh, a little bit nervy on beam. She didn't have a balance check. Um, Her tumbling on floor, her landings weren't as strong as I would think that she normally does. Yeah. So just some little things that, you know, she's trying to work out. First meet of the season, though, I'm not too worried about it. I agree that overall, this team looks very, very strong. Definitely was, you know, as we come to expect with a lot of the top teams, a little bit of score boosting. Um, For example, Emma LaPinta on floor, she did her opening pass, which is a triple full, had a major rebound out of it, and somehow scored at 9-9 when, you well, know... Well, that alone was at least a 10th. Yes. Probably even a little bit more, but, like, if we're being generous, that's a 10th right there. So, they're basically saying that the routine was otherwise flawless. Which it wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely a little bit frustrating to see, but also not totally surprising, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw Welcome that, to college gymnastics <laughs> season. We saw that on Friday with LSU, like we already talked about, so... I'll take what I can get, though. You know, Mm -hmm. I'd rather see a happy, healthy college gymnastics season, even if it means dealing with annoying overscored meets honestly like that's something that has been so frustrating for years when we watch college gymnastics but after like everything that's happened and the possibility of not even having a season I'm almost like I don't even care like I don't get as worked up about it now as I have in the past because like I'd so much rather watch a meet where everyone's getting overscored than not be able to watch a meet at all exactly I feel the same way you gotta pick and choose your battles here But overall, week one of College Gymnastics, would you say it's success? Definitely a success. I think that all these teams, or most of these teams, they went out there and they did what they wanted to do. There was a lot of highlights for each team, some, you know, bright spots, and definitely still a lot to improve on, little things to clean up here and there. But, you know, for the first week, I thought it was great and really looking forward to what the rest of the season has to bring. The Week 1 rankings are in. No surprise, Florida and Oklahoma are 1-2. Utah is 3rd. That's pretty much what we expected, I think. Alabama 4th. LSU 5th. Arkansas 6th. Georgia 7th. Kentucky 8th. Auburn nine, And BYU is in 10th. So, overall, I think that's pretty on par with what I expected. Expected these teams to do. That's kind of the order that I, you know, expected them to fall in yeah, at the end of the but week. But that's a good sign for these teams. I, I, think they all went out there and hit, you know, their expectations. And of course, like I don't know the team specific goals or anything. But if I had to just guess, I, I think that these teams will be pretty happy with how they performed week one and hungry to get out there and improve for week two. And it'll be fun too because next week we have so many more teams in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, we still don't really fully know what's going on with a lot of the Pac-12 schools, not really having schedules like Stanford, Cal, UCLA, mm-hmm. um, and Utah for that matter too. Utah competes next week, but beyond that, we don't really know like what is going on. There's with not these really schools. a set in stone plan. Yeah, which is a little bit scary, but. Um, There are a lot of teams that are going to be starting their seasons next week. You know, a lot of Big Ten schools, Mac schools. So really looking forward to see more teams get out there and kind of, you know, get into the mix and see where they can fit in with some of these top schools that we saw this week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind doing us a favor, we'd love if you could give us a rating and maybe even a review if you feel so inclined. We always appreciate the feedback and it also helps more people find our show. So if you enjoy it, we'd love if you could go ahead and give us a rating over on Apple Podcasts. And we hope you all have an amazing week and we will see you next Monday with another episode. Bye. Bye.